0: Welcome to more than money with your host Ross Murray. This episode of more than money is brought to you by more time financial, a financial planning company who are on a mission to help young Australians make smarter decisions with money by providing real life financial advice, coaching and financial education. Hey, what's up? It's Ross Murray. Welcome back to another episode of More Than Money. On this podcast, I have real conversations about lifestyle, money, and business. Sometimes I share interviews with business owners and entrepreneurs about starting their their own business and their journey. Other times, we do financial education and informational episodes to help you make smarter decisions with money, just like this one. So if you're new here, consider subscribing. Now, before we get started on today's episode, this is just a friendly reminder in order to keep our lawyers happy that in preparing this podcast, myself and any contributors have not taken into account any particular person's objectives, financial situation or needs. So before acting on any of this information, you should consider its relevance to your personal circumstances and if required, seek the assistance of a licensed professional. I'm excited to be back on the air for 2022. At the time of this recording, it is February, which is a little bit scary to think how quickly the month of January has flown by. Can't wait to share with you all the amazing episodes and interviews that we have planned for the More Than Money podcast this year. So be sure to stay tuned. So I wanted to kick things off for the first podcast back for the year with one of the big problems or challenges that I see when it comes to people trying to take control of their finances. We find that a lot of times it's when people want to make a change they don't know where to start. They get confused by all of the information out there and that's no, no fault of their own. There's plenty of information out there. A lot of it good, some of it bad. However, they get overwhelmed by all this information. They, in most cases, end up trying to change everything and then they just get confused, get overwhelmed, don't know where to start, don't know where to, what they should do next and, they just give, and everything just still stays unorganized unchanged nothing happens another year rolls by they wake up and shit what did i do why didn't i do something i'm going to be better this year obviously as we know how the story goes we know the statistics around people setting news resolutions how many of them fail in the first week two weeks first month what i thought i'd do kicking off this year is take you along with me in a deep dive into how i help my clients on a day-to-day basis In my business more time financial so i'm going to walk you through step by step how we help our clients so you can listen along and work through these steps on your own and start to take control of your finances for good in my business we break down people's personal finances into three main areas so over the next couple of episodes i'm going to take a deep dive into each one of these topics each one of these areas so hopefully you can start to get control of your finances for good these three main areas, these three groups that we work through with our clients, we break it down in, in the following ways. Number one is building your financial foundations or building your financial foundation plan. There we have four subcategories in that main main group. So number one is understanding where you are right now, i.e. getting financially sorted, which is gonna be the main starting point for today's episode. Understanding exactly where you are right now. Number two is where do you want to be? So it's all about goal setting, planning, planning ahead, setting some clear goals and direction for where you want to be in 12 months, 24 months, five years, 10 years, et cetera. Number three is your income and money management plan. How do you actually control your finances? How do you control your day-to-day spending? Number four is your debt management. What debt do you have? Is it good debt? Is it bad debt? What are we doing about it? Do we need to make some changes when it comes to debt? So that's all included in building your financial foundation or your financial foundation plan. Number two the next thing we look at is your protection plan so that's all about protecting you your family and your income now not the most fun topic but definitely very very important so that's all about looking at insurances that might be life insurance income protection health insurance car insurance all that kind of stuff that we pay for but we don't really want to we know it's important the second part of your protection plan is wills and estate planning which is a very very adult topic but very very important as well. So wills, estate planning documents, beneficiary nominations, all that all that stuff that comes with it. Number 3 is growing your wealth. And now that's all about how do we grow your money? How do we invest? We look at superannuation, investment properties, all of that fun stuff. And this is where we find a lot of people start off. They start with the the, the exciting stuff. They start with how do we how do we invest my money? I want to make a change. I want to start investing. I want to do something better. And they start by looking at investments, they don't really necessarily take too much notice of their superannuation because that's boring and for when you're older. But investing, that's, that's obviously very fun and exciting. And that's where we find a lot of people start. They don't worry about the foundations, they don't worry about exactly what they, they're planning for or why they want to invest. don't necessarily worry too much about the protection plan. They jump straight to the growing the wealth part. This is the approach that we take with our clients. We go through these three areas. We take a deep dive into each one of them. And as I said, over the next couple of weeks, next couple of episodes, these are the areas that we're gonna cover off on and work through these step-by-step. First up, we're gonna start with a bit of the boring stuff, which isn't that exciting, but we know it's most important that we have a clear understanding of where we are right now. And this is all about getting financially organized, getting financially sorted. So the reason why we start with this is you can't make a change unless we know exactly where you are right now. We need to get crystal clear of what is our starting position and only then can we start making changes and start making improvements. I've found in my business that as we start to get older, into our 30s, 35, 40 years old, which is obviously not old in any stretch of the imagination, but as we start to get older, progress from our 20s onwards, our financial world starts to become more and more complicated. And it's easy to see why people don't know what's going on when it comes to their money. There's all these moving parts. So you start off single, you move out of home, you might get your first job, you might then get a partner, you decide to open up a bank account together. So now you've got a joint bank account with your partner and you've got your own bank accounts. Not too, not too crazy, but another layer of complexity. You might then buy a house. That's a big step. How do we own the house? That type of thing starts to come in. You've got a mortgage to pay. You you might change jobs. That might that might might mean you change superannuation companies. So sort of another bit of complexity there. You might refinance your mortgage, go to a different bank. So now you've moved banks. You might have got a couple of loans along the way. So you might have some credit card debt hanging over your head. You might have a car loan that you might have picked up. You might have had some hex that you've accumulated along the way. Children might start becoming in the mix. Maybe there's a wedding you've planned for. Maybe your partner's taking some time off work. All these things start to add up and add to the complexity. Maybe you've decided to go out on your own and start your own business, and now you've got a company, and you talk to your accountant, you've got your, your personal tax returns, and now you've got your company tax returns, you need to worry about BAS, GST, all that fun stuff that comes with being a business owner. So as we as we progress, if we're not careful with our finances, it's really easy that our life becomes more and more complicated. And unfortunately, the, the more successful you are, or the more things you have going on, is if you start taking on investment properties, all those things adds to the complexity, adds to the confusion. And if and if we don't have proper planning in place, can obviously cause some demise when it comes to making sure we're paying tax on time, make sure we're taking care of the things and keeping things under control. As I said, it's very easy to see why this happens. And me doing what i have doing for the past seven, eight years, I'm still learning things every single day. So I'm doing this every single day and things pop up that I know that The average person on the street that isn't sitting talking to people on a day-to-day basis has no idea about which puts them at a disadvantage because people need to know this stuff. It's very important that we have our finances under control so then we can start to make some really good financial decisions going forward and start helping you to live the life that you want to be living. Now, some of this information that we're going to cover in this section might seem obvious and you might know the answer straight away. However, in my experience, a lot of people just don't know what's going on with their finances and they are completely financially disorganized. So skip the parts that aren't applicable to you, but I'm going to take you through step by step the things that you need to be aware about and the answers that you need to know when it comes to being financially organized or being financially sorted. Another benefit of going through this process now is that if you're thinking about making a change in your personal circumstances, you're thinking about maybe buying a house, starting a business or doing something with your money, you're going to need to know this information anyway. So if you're going to go to apply for a loan or go to your mortgage broker, they're going to ask you this information. If you're going to set up a new company, your accountant's going to need to know this information and it's going to speed up the process if you can just give it to them all and say, look. I listened to this great podcast a couple of weeks ago. I went through the steps. Here's everything you need to know. Here's what I've got going on financially and have it all all there. So again, not the most exciting topic, but it's really important that we get real, we get crystal clear of where we are right now. So then we can take steps and improve going forward. So in my business, More Time Financial, we use a program with our clients called My Prosperity, which you can sign up for a free account in the link below. The benefit of using this program that we found is it brings your entire financial world into one place. So we, we know that most people have a couple of different bank accounts. You might have loans with different providers. You and your partner might have different superannuation companies. You might have a house, investment property. You've got a car, all these things that if you wanted to see it all in one place, you'd you, you just can't, you need to log into different providers. So My Prosperity does a great job at bringing it all together. And we have a, the link below to sign up for a free account if that's something that you're interested in. Alternatively, you can just pull up Excel spreadsheet, Google sheet, notepad and pen, something to write this all down and start working through this process. All right, so let's get started. Step number one, we need to figure out what do you own? What is yours? What assets do you have? What is in your name? What do you call your own? This might be an easy process if your, your finances are relatively simple. However, as I mentioned, as life gets more complicated, this list is obviously gonna grow longer and longer. But if we start with your house, if you own a house, the questions you need to ask yourself or the questions that I'd be asking you if you're a client of mine is whose name is it in? How do you own the property? Is it jointly owned? Is it tenants in common? Now you might not know what those words mean, but it's important that you do find out how you own your property. So I'll put some, some links in the description below so you can ask that question to whoever needs to be, whoever you need to ask to find out how do you own the property jointly or tenants in common. Do you have any equity in your house? So that equity is the difference between the value of the property and any loans that you have on that property. So these are the things you need to know when it comes to having a house. Same thing if you have an investment property. Whose name is it in? How do you own the property? Jointly, tenants in common. What date did you buy the property? You can find out this information, obviously, by asking your real estate agent for an appraisal or price guide, valuation, something to give you an idea or I guess just go into RP data, but something to give you an idea of what is your property worth. Now, all of this will lead to, as we get into steps go through steps one and two is we need to try and figure out or get a rough idea of what is your net worth so your net worth is your total assets so everything you own less everything you owe so your total debts or your total liabilities and that gives you your net worth so it's good idea to just get a rough idea it doesn't need to be exact but get an idea of what is the dollar value of these things. so that's your investment property now start to work through the list of everything that you own so your cars your boats again asking the same questions writing down whose name is it in if you are self-employed have a business is your car in your company's name is it in your trust name is it in your name is it in your partner's name whose whose name is it registered in working through these your bank accounts do you have more than one what providers do you have what's your account log on would you be able to access this bank account if you needed to without your fingerprint if you lost your phone would you still be able to access this bank account who's your provider whose name is it in is it in joint names is it in individual names does your company have bank accounts etc we'll start work through this list some of this is going to be repetitive but you can start to get a sense of just ticking off these these answers as you work through the list now we go to investments so do you have any investments in place as we've already covered off investment properties do you have any shares do you have any cryptocurrency whose name is this in how much is it worth do you know if you own direct shares? Do you know what your shareholder registration number is? Your What's called an SRN number? Again, what are the logon details? Do you know these if you needed needed to log into them, especially when it comes to cryptocurrency? You obviously hear the news of quite a few cases of people losing their logon details and being worth millions of dollars. So do you have any Comsec shares? You might've inherited some from your, your parents or grandparents, raised direct shares, bank accounts, All those things that you need to start working through. Now, another one, just a little side note. If you do have any direct shares, where are your dividends or interest getting paid into? Are they going into your account? Are they going into your partner's account? I recently had a client who inherited Telstra shares about 10 years ago. And for the last 10 years, he hasn't been receiving any dividends into his bank account. These have all been going into his parents' bank account instead of his. Now, wasn't a considerable amount of money, but still important to just try and tidy these things up to make sure that your any dividends or any interest you're entitled to is going into the right account. Following on from investments, we look at superannuation. So who is your superannuation with? How much do you have in there? What is your member number? Is your employer paying into the right fund? How much are they putting in? Should be at least a minimum of 10%. What type of contributions are they making? Do you have more than one superannuation account? Again, working through the list. Now we come to business owners, so if you're self-employed or have your own business, what entities do you have? Do you have a company? Do you have a trust? Do you know who the director of the company is? Who are the shareholders? What is your company ABN? What is your company tax file number? Do you have, if you have a trust, who's the corporate trustee of the trust? Now some of these words again might be confusing, overwhelming and you don't know what the answer is but if you have these entities in place, it's important that you understand even if it's just open it up, look at it, make sure and close it up and don't look at it again for 12 months, it's just important that you ask the question. So all too often when I'm dealing with business owners in my in my own business, more time financial, I find that people just don't know and they just default is, oh, my accountant set it up for me, wouldn't have a clue what I've got in place. Now, I find that that's just not good enough if you're the one that has the company. It's your company. You need to know exactly what's going on and exactly what you have in place. So as you can see, As your financial world becomes more and more complicated, obviously there's more things to answer there. If you're starting out and your financial world's relatively simple, then you're not gonna have to worry about answering too many of those questions, but it's important that you go through the process. So that is step number one, what do you own? What is your assets? What is your total assets? All right, step number two, we're gonna work through what do you owe? So these are any debts, liabilities or loans that you owe to somebody. Now, this is a scary step for a lot of people to take, but it is finally time to open up that credit card statement or check that letter from the, your bank, log into that account and see exactly what your loan balance is sitting at. It's important here to not skip over any bill or any loan. We want to go look at the big bills. So your home loan, things like that, your car loan, and work all the way down to any small debts you have. So after pay, zip pay, zip money, all those little ones as well. And we want to get a full picture of exactly what do you owe. Again, we wanna try and figure out that magic number of what is your net worth, your total assets, which we've just figured out in step one, less your total liabilities, what do you owe? Total loans gives you your net worth or your net financial worth. So the things that I would be going through with my clients here is if we have a home loan, obviously how much do we owe? Uh, What is the interest rates? What is the minimum repayment that you need to make each week, each fortnight, each month? Depending on how do you pay, what is your current repayment? So are you paying above the minimum? What is that amount? Do you have any money available in redraw? Again, a bit of a technical term we can talk about in more detail when we come to the loan and debt section in a couple of weeks' time. What is the interest rate you're paying on that loan? Is it fixed? Is it variable? What is the loan term remaining? So most people, when they start out, take out either a 25 or 30-year loan. If we're talking about a home loan that you're going to live in, so what is the term remaining? How much longer do you have to pay off that loan? It's really important that you know what that answer is. Credit cards. Again, what is interest rate? What is the minimum repayment that you need to make each month so you don't default on that credit card? What is the current repayment? What is the current balance you owe? It's starting to work through this list. It starts to get a little bit repetitive as we work through each of these loans, but becomes very important to know the answer to these. Personal loans. How much do you owe? What is the interest rate? What is the minimum repayment? What is your current repayment? what is the loan term remaining on your personal loan what is it on your car loan same thing when it comes to car loan a little more information is required when it comes to car loans again when we come to the debt section in a couple of weeks time we'll go through this in a lot more detail but when it comes to car loans we need to know is there any balloon payment owing so that is it a balloon payment you can google that and find out exactly what that is importantly do you have any family loans owing to any any of your family members now there might not be any interest payable on this, but it's something that we need to write down just for your own personal knowledge to know exactly what you owe to any, any family members. So that is step number two, Figure out exactly what do you owe. So hopefully by now you're starting to get a rough idea and might be able to calculate your net worth, your total assets in step one, less your total liabilities in step two, what do you owe? Uh, we'll give you your net worth. A couple of tips here before we jump into step number three, which is how much do you earn? How much do you, do you make? Each each week, month, year. Couple of tips that um, if you haven't already, I would suggest you link or set up your MyGov account. Hopefully, during COVID, most people, if you look if you're getting vaccinated, have to have a MyGov Medicare certificate linked up through your MyGov. So hopefully most people have done that. If you haven't set up a MyGov account and you haven't already linked your services, most importantly, the ATO in this case, because you're obviously talking about your finances. It has some other major benefits of, of MyGov, so you can link your Medicare, you can link Centrelink if you're getting any Centrelink benefits, childcare subsidies, etc. But if you haven't done so already, I'd recommend you go ahead and set up a MyGov account and link the ATO. There's again, just Google it. I'm sure there's some YouTube videos on how to how to go about doing this. But it's important once you have the ATO linked, you're going to get access to your previous year's tax returns. Hopefully, you've done tax returns. This is something we'll talk about in more detail. You'll get your superannuation. So anything that's linked to your tax file number, hopefully you know what your tax file number is. You'll have your superannuation account linked to there. You'll have any hex debt that you have. I get, as I mentioned, Centrelink, Medicare. Another little side benefit of of Medicare, I don't like carrying a wallet on me. I just carry my phone and have my cards linked to my phone. Can't link my Medicare card. Number of times I've been sitting in the doctor's office and not having my Medicare card on me log into MyGov and be able to get the number on there, which is very easy. So set up MyGov, link your ATO into the portal. It'll make your life a lot easier when it comes to taking control of your finances. You'll have your superannuation can be linked in there. So that will let you do a lost super search and be able to see if you have any, if you have multiple superannuation accounts, it'll link your hex dead in there. So that will be able to add to the what do you owe section add your superannuation to what do you own section and start to build out your net. Before we jump into the next section, step three and step four in getting financially sorted, getting financially organized, these steps are all about your income and your expenses. We're gonna be covering this in a lot more detail in two weeks time when we go through the income budgeting and money management episode. But as a starting point, we wanna try and get these figures at least written down. Then when we get to that episode, we can go into a lot more detail. But hopefully you can just start to get sorted when it comes to your income and your expenses. Step number three, when you want to figure out how much do you earn, how much do you make, how much income do you get on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis coming into your bank accounts. if If you're an employee, this is going to be relatively simple. If you've just got one source of income, very, very simple. What you need to do is outline how much do you earn from your regular job. You can do this by obviously opening up your banking app, get an idea of what's coming in, check your payslips. I'm finding more and more because we no longer get our payslips given to us, physical piece of paper, at a very high level, what you want to try and look at and what you want to understand is what is your gross salary? Now, gross salary is your before-tax salary. This would have been, in most cases, the salary that you negotiated when you started the job, whether that's including superannuation or not including superannuation will dictate and change that figure in terms of what you get on a after-tax basis so that's what's known as your net income gross incomes before tax net income is after tax in the in the resources in the description below i'll include a link to a pay calculator which is very helpful online i probably use this calculator 10 to 15 times per day to check clients income we can look at their pay slip look at what's hitting their bank account what's coming into their bank account and compare that to their gross salary and to make sure that they're getting paid the right amount. Very important to check what's coming in. The other thing we want to look at, what is your superannuation? So again, if you're an employee, in most cases, your employer will be paying your superannuation for you. So it's important to check that they're paying the right amount and exactly how is that figure calculated, which can be a little bit confusing. If we jump from an employee to being self-employed, this Gets a little bit more complicated to understand exactly what do you earn, especially if you don't pay yourself a regular income, a set income or a set wage from your business. If you don't do that, I would suggest sitting down and having a conversation with your accountant or your bookkeeper, if you have one, um, about considering how do you go about setting yourself up as an employee of your own business, or how do you go about at least getting a regular income from your business if you don't already, because it's going to make your life and your finances a lot easier to manage if you're getting a regular or a set income or a set pay from your own business. If we jump through to investment income, so we've covered off your regular nine to five, regular job income. If you're an employee, self-employed, obviously a little bit different, any investment income that you're getting. So if you have an investment property or if you have shares or if you have your own business, it's important to understand what are you getting in the form of income. If you have got no idea, if you've got a property manager in place, I'd call them, call your accountant, see what they did in last year's tax return when it comes to your investment property. Hopefully you've told your accountant that you have an investment property and you need to work out exactly what are you earning in the form of investment income. So this is all going to determine how much do you earn. So it's really important that we know that figure so we can start to make some financial plans going forward. So that leads us to step number four, the final final step in our four-step process of getting financially organized step number four is all about how much do you spend now before we go through this i need to premises this section because this is the most frustrating and annoying part when it comes to dealing with finances is your expenses this is the one that a lot of people just brush over don't want to talk about because they're either embarrassed or it's frustrating it's annoying it's complicated they just don't want to talk about it which is completely understandable but it's important that we know exactly what's going out the other way. So we know what's coming in by step three. It's important that we know what's going out in our expenses. So what expenses do we have at the moment? What is the mortgage? What is your rent? What insurances do you pay? Private health, car, house insurance. All these things start to add up. Again, I'll include a resource below in the description, which will have a list of all the expenses that we find most people have and you can start to check off to see if any of these apply to you and start to build out what are your expenses on a weekly basis monthly basis yearly basis however you determine or however you manage your money we can start to look at this in a bit more detail this is where the program that i mentioned before that we use in our business is super helpful my prosperity link in the description below for a free account you can go in there and you can link up your bank accounts and it will start to pull through your transaction history the alternative to this is you can log into your bank, and go through this manually, start to get an idea of what are those expenses that you're paying for on a regular basis. The direct debits, subscriptions, big expenses, small expenses, they, they all matter. Obviously, big expenses are going to chew up most of your income, but all these little ones as well. So what I've found in my experience of managing people's budgets, cash flows, looking at people's bank accounts on a regular basis is that it's not necessarily the big expenses. It's all of the little expenses that start to add up. So if you're with um, Commonwealth Bank, they auto categorize a lot of your expenses. So this might make things a lot easier. Otherwise you can request a transaction history from your bank. You can request a direct debit history and they can give you a list of all the direct debits. Alternatively, if you've just got no idea what you're spending for the next seven days, just write down a rough idea of what you spend. It's not the end of the world it's not it's not that hard to do this. It might be a little bit eye opening, but just we want to get a sense of exactly how much you spend. What are you spending money on? Where is your money going? Because when I ask this question, a lot of people just have no idea where their money's going each and every week. You work hard for your money. It's important that you understand exactly where it's going. So, step 3 and step 4 is all about understanding your net income. So, net income in this context is your total income coming in, salary, employed income, investment income, dividends, everything you're getting getting paid, any Centrelink entitlements, family tax benefits, all of that stuff coming in, less all of your estimated expenses. Now you can either do this on a weekly basis, you can do this on a monthly basis, yearly basis, it doesn't matter, we just need to try and figure out what that net income figure is. As I mentioned, There's plenty of resources below, you can jump in there and this will help you to go through this process. I understand that it can be confronting to go through this step four, this how much do you spend. It's also confronting to go through all of these steps because it's a lot to take in. If you've never done this before, it can be a little bit overwhelming, but if you just go through these steps one by one, here's the resources below, it'll start to make your life a lot easier. Couple of things to wrap up. This episode, we've gone through steps one to four. Other financial slash life admin things that you need to be aware of, or that would be good if you could get these things up to date. If you're falling behind, or these questions, at least ask yourself: which is, are your tax returns up to date? Do you owe any tax that you have neglected to pay? That's probably something that I missed in step two which is what do you owe do you have any tax debt hanging over you do you have a copy of your tax returns do you have a copy of your notice of assessment now you might not know what that is but when it comes to getting a home loan or if you're applying for a car loan investment loan something like that they're going to ask for your notice of assessment they're going to ask for your tax returns once again if you have mygov you've linked up ato you can get access to these tax returns assuming you've done them they will be stored in your ato portal inside your mygov do you know your tax file number? A lot of people don't. Make sure you can you know what that is. Maybe less important, but more on the life admin side of things is, do you have a copy of your birth certificate? If you're married, do you have a copy of your marriage certificate? Becomes quite important. Now, there are a- endless amount of things we could cover off in this episode, but this is the, the high level of what are the starting blocks that you need to take in terms of getting your yourself and your financial world. Organize getting your financial world sorted. I mentioned a couple of times in the description below, there's gonna be a list of resources, how to create a MyGov account, how to link up your MyGov services, how to navigate to check out your hex and find your superannuation, a link to the pay calculator so you can figure out if your boss is paying you the right amount An expenses list. Something else that I highly recommend for a lot of people is having a password management system. I personally use LastPass, not sure if that's the best one. I'm sure there's other ones out there. I personally use that and I find it is the most useful thing because without it, we have a million and one passwords we need to remember for all social accounts, all my bank account logons, everything to do with my business. So having LastPass, having a password management system. I need to know and remember one password and then it has access and stores all my other passwords in there as well. So be sure to check out the the resources below in the description and you can start to get financially organized today. So quick recap before I let you go is step number one, figure out what do you own? Assets, what is in your name? Whose name is it in? Is it jointly owned? Is it tens in common? Those are questions you need to answer. Step number two, what do you owe? So these are debts, liabilities, and loans. What money do you owe to someone else that is not you? What do you need to pay back at some stage? Step number three, how much do you earn? What is your income? What do you earn on a weekly basis? What do you earn on a yearly basis? You need to figure out that. Step number four, what do you spend? What are your expenses? Big expenses, small expenses. It doesn't matter what they are. Write them down and... Help yourself to get that, get to that figure of knowing what your net income is. Once we know that, it'll become more apparent in the following weeks to come of why all this information is important. Why do we need to know these numbers? Uh, why do we need to know your net worth? Why do we need to know your net income? Trust me, when it comes to the goal planning, income budgeting, investments sections it'll start to make a lot more sense. So I've mentioned a couple of times before, but I would highly recommend you check out the My Prosperity free account in the in the link below. This will make your financial world a lot easier to manage by having everything all in one account. that you found all that information useful. Next week, we're gonna be talking all things goal setting and planning to help you determine and help you answer the important question of where do you want to be. Today's episode was all about Where are you right now? Finding out your current financial position. Next week, we're going to be taking a deep dive into exactly where do you want to be? How do we go about setting goals and planning for the future? Whether that's saving for a house, planning for a wedding, planning to start your own business, having children, traveling the world slash Australia, not really sure what we can do yet. All these things, how, how do we actually go about planning it and how do we use the financial information that we now have gathered about ourselves to help put in place plans for the future so all of these things all of these goals have financial implications so it's really important that we have a plan and figure out how do we go about and get us to those goals and the things that we want to achieve just a bit of admin from my side from next week onwards we're going to be releasing a new episode of the podcast every single monday so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode hope you have a great week If you've enjoyed this episode of More Than Money, make sure that you subscribe to keep up to date with all of the latest episodes and feel free to like, comment and share with a friend.